Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. Let's praise be to God. I hope you're safe here with a lot of scripture, safe and sound. This is a day the Lord has met and shall rejoice and we shall be glad in Thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Word of God. And uh, here we study the Bible. We aim to study from the book of Genesis Revelation by the grace of God. We handled the Old Testament. And right now we are handling the book of Matthew. And uh, I want us to continue from where we left off last time. And that was on the chapter 13 of the book of Matthew. Chapter 13, we'll start from verse 44 today. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. Yeah? And he goes on to say, that um, and from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. We need to understand, first of all, the context in which this was in their time as the Israelites or in the Palestinian land. At that time, in those seasons, there would be wars that would be fought uh, from their understanding. There would be events that would occur that would require movement, yeah? Be it just uh, the exiles that they had to go through, yeah? There would be uh, a, a call to hide that which you possess, to hide your treasures, yeah? And this they would do by placing these hidden treasures in the ground. So, in case they're saying, oh, men, we have to go for war. The men who had their treasures and had to go would find a place where they're going to dig and put their treasures there. So that when they return after or if they return after the war, uh, God being their keeper, they will come back and find their treasure there. Because you can't leave it in the house. It might be stolen. So these guys would dig, excavate, hide their treasure. But then, it could be in their land, or it might not be in their land. It's just a matter of you saying, okay, let me put it here. When I return, I shall know where I placed it. I'll dig it up, and I'll be rich again after the war. So, there used to be a habit of looking for treasure that has been hidden. When people come back, yeah, and the war is done, probably they didn't even come back. They, they would start to, those who are in that land would start to excavate, trying to find treasure, like hidden treasures. I think we've also watched some movies that uh, talk about the hidden treasures, yeah? Or lost treasures that people try to seek out. Even today, people go out and seek. Even in the waters, people go and try and seek for treasures that could be there. So for these guys, they would go out, dig, excavate. And now when they would find treasure that is hidden in that particular field, it was not right for you to take it from there without purchasing the land. Otherwise, that would be regarded as theft. 
So what was required of you was to purchase that field. Yeah, so what happens? They will put everything back after they found the treasure. They will put it back, hide it again in that field. Then they will go and look for the money, go to the courts yeah, or their councils and buy that particular field because all uh, documents that regarded land and ownership and all processes of ownership of land had to be done with the authorities. So this person will go, hide the treasure back in that land that he's, he's found it. Then they go out and sell everything they own. Because right now, what they found is more treasurable. What they found is much more weighty than that which they have. So they will sell everything that they have, go to the council, buy the land, and after they've bought the land, they will come back and own the field. So they don't just own the treasure that they found in the field, but they own the field as well. And Jesus tells us here that that is what the kingdom of heaven is like. When you find the kingdom of heaven, nothing else matters anymore because what you found is much more important, is of much more value, is equal to what these men felt and did in the time in the Palestinian region that they used to go out, sell everything, they will sell their house. They will sell their car if they had one. They will sell their cattle. They will sell everything that they own to just come and buy that field which has the treasure. Now the treasure here is being equated with the kingdom of heaven. When we find Jesus, it doesn't matter what we lose. When we find Jesus, when we see that that's the path, that's the way we will give up everything else just to have him. Because to have him, there's got to be something you've got to give. To have him, there's got to be a price that you've got to pay. To have him, there's got to be a life that you've got to leave behind. There's got to be some things you're going to take off from yourself and walk with him. Because what you found is much more valuable. When we have Jesus, we've got everything. When we have Jesus, we shall sell everything. That does not make sense to us anymore because it doesn't. We shall sell off the friends that don't benefit us. We shall sell off the habits. We shall sell off everything and go for Jesus. Jesus is what matters. And I know there may be so many things that may make life easy. But if you do not have Jesus, then your life is in trouble. Because you need Jesus. We need Jesus for everything. And that is the kingdom of heaven. You sell off everything. Sometimes it's going to be family. Sometimes you're going to leave some, some, some issues behind with family because they take you behind. They don't help you gain the treasure. And then when you find the treasure, you found it. You even own the field. Yeah, you shall have that eternal life. You shall have, you inherit the kingdom of God. We are told that we are going to inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah, we are part and parcel of that kingdom. That's the field that we aim to own, aim to be part of when we find Jesus. And Jesus says that is equated to this man who found this treasure in the field, sold everything and bought it.
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. He goes on to talk about merchants and pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. This is somewhat the same concept with the one that bought the field. Now, in Jesus' days, uh, like even in our own times, pearls were beautiful fashion accessories. Yeah, if you had pearls, then you your your the way you would dress up uh, or have accessory on your body would be fashionable. So they were of much value, and uh, they were sought after. Yeah, they had so much great value, and people used to seek much for pearls as well in the time, and uh, you had divers in those days also people who would swim because diving is not something that has just come now so when you go and jump into the pool it's not new there used to be people who would dive into the red sea and search for items yeah because the red sea remember it's got its history it has uh egyptians who drowned there at the time when israel was crossing from Egypt into uh, the wilderness, yeah, heading to the promised land. So, there is believed to have been some great value that was drowned with them because this was a wealthy nation. These were wealthy people. These are people who carried much. And not even just about the the Egyptians who drowned there, but in in merchants uh, or in, in uh, the business world, uh, boats and ships that used to carry uh, precious metals, that used to carry precious items, that used to carry merchandise of all sorts, would also drown in the seas or in the oceans. So uh, you would have divers who make it a point to get down there and find the wealth that is down there. Even today, yeah, with the ships that drown or get underwater and all the merchandise that goes there, there are people who still go out to say, okay, let me try my luck today. I've got the skill. I can swim. I can dive. Let me go and search for them. So, even in their time, divers would get there and search for such items. It's uh, We read sometime in the past when we were doing our studies about Egypt. And there's an Egyptian princess that we talked about during our study of the history of Israel called Cleopatra. And uh, Cleopatra is said to have worn a necklace that was containing a pearl worth 25 million denarii. Now, this is a princess, of course. Egypt was rich in those days. It was a very, very wealthy nation. It was a superpower at one point. And uh, their princess, Cleopatra, would afford to just wear a necklace that is worth 20 with a pal. Yeah, just a pal, one pal. That is worth 25 million denarii. Now, a denarius was a day's wage for a worker. So, a day's wage for a worker, that is one. Just one, a denarius. Now, this pal that Cleopatra would wear was worth 25 million denarii. So, you can imagine the worth that it had. And... uh in in this parable, a merchant is said to have spent a, a lifetime searching for a precious jewel. And this is because they had that worth 
with them. Yeah. So when they find it, they'll do everything to go and sell and get it. Still, that is the kingdom of heaven. That it is worth so much that you will spend time seeking after it. That's why I say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything shall be added unto you. When you find it, the rest is easy to get. That's why we aim to seek the kingdom of God. We aim to seek the kingdom of God. We aim to find yeah, the kingdom of God. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a drag net cast into the sea and gathering fish of every kind. And when it, is, it was filled, they drew it up on the beach and they sat down and gathered the good fish into containers but the bad they threw away. Of course, when you throw in uh, the net to gather fish, you get everything. You get fish that you don't that is not edible. It's not good enough. You get all sorts of creatures that live uh, in the waters that are not edible, and that is not what you came for. You pick out what you want, and the rest you will throw away. So it will be at the end of the age that the angels will come forth and take out the wicked from among the righteous. This has been spoken for a number of occasions to us as believers when we read the Bible, and it has been spoken to us that the day is coming. The end is coming. Whether we like it or not, the end will come. And there is an event that is very clear here, as Jesus says, that angels will come, and they will take out the wicked from among the righteous. It will be a point of selection. The righteous will not have to mix again with the wicked. So the wicked shall be pulled out. They will say, you have not lived right. You have not accepted Christ. You have been a thief. You have been a murderer. You've been hurting others. You've been plotting schemes against others. You've not been a righteous man. You have been an adulterous man. You have been an adulterous woman. You have done all sort of evil. And those are the ones that shall be picked out because those are regarded as wicked. And he says, they will be thrown into the furnace of fire. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Being thrown in the furnace of fire, of course, when they say, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There is an implication here that it does not end because normally when there is fire involved, you would assume death. In this case, being thrown in the furnace of fire does not cause death. It just causes a continuous weeping and gnashing of teeth as it's spoken here. So it is fire that burns an ending. It is fire that is burning. It is suffering. And it says the wicked shall be pulled out from the righteous. Of course, we know what the righteous inherit. That's the kingdom of God. That is the effort I make every day. That is the effort you've got to make every day to make sure that you walk a life that pleases God, to make sure that you do the work that honors God and respects uh, God in everything that we do. We need to be the best. We've got to fear death. The eternal one. We've got to fear that. And that should help you work a lot for the kingdom of heaven. Because 
For it, there is good promises. There is life that comes with it. So, he asks them, have you understood all these things? You know, it's also good to ask people that you're teaching if they're understanding. Yeah? And Jesus is asking them, have you understood uh, all these things? They say to him, yes, we do understand what you've said. And Jesus said to them, therefore, every scribe who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like a head of a household who brings out of his treasure things new and old. Now, of course, there are all sorts of people that were listening to Jesus. There are all sorts of people that he was teaching. There are all sorts of people that were part of his meetings and his gatherings. And of these scribes also were part they used to write down. And he makes it very clear to them that if you are a scribe and you've become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven, then you're the head of the household. Because there, there's much that you're going to send, there's much that you're going to teach. There are many who listen, who read that which you write. And uh, that is a treasure of its sort. When Jesus had finished his parables, he departed from there. He's finished teaching. He leaves, he sets off. He came to his hometown and began teaching them in their synagogue so that they were astonished. Now, Jesus has gone to his hometown. It's not where he used to stay. There comes a time where you have to leave that birthplace, that home where you grew up, that village where you grew up from. There comes a time where you have to set off and go and seek a life and do other things elsewhere. It's not good to always remain where you've grown up from. You need to get out of that place and go and do things. And Jesus here returns. And when he returns, the people at home are astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? They're asking themselves, Jesus, we know. We have seen this boy. When he was born, we saw him. We saw him grow up. We saw him go to school. We saw him being carried on the back by the mother. We saw him playing with the fellow kids here. And of all this that we saw with him, we do not remember that he was wise. We do not remember that he had any miracles that he was doing as we saw him grow because that's his ministry at 30. And all this period, he was there in the hometown. And they saying, we do not know him to be like that. Where did he get this? Where did he get the wisdom? There's a book, uh, some extra canonical books that I read, that I read. Uh, I think it's called The Gospel of Mary, whoever wrote it. And for them, they had depicted in that book uh, that uh, when Jesus was born, all through his childhood, they start to to mention miracles that he used to do, yeah, things that he used to do in his community among his fellow children, yeah, friends, the miracles that would be carried on. But when you read such a scripture that we've just read in uh, Matthew 13, verse 54, where the people, where he grew up from, his own people, 
are asking questions like these, that where did he get the wisdom and where did he get these miraculous powers? This shows you that that did not happen. Otherwise, they wouldn't ask such questions. That which is recorded in such a book, in that book, uh, did not happen. You know, there's lots of literature that we've got to watch that as we read, some of that may not actually be uh, true. Yeah, the things that we are reading there. So, um, for me, of course, I read them for just to understand what has been written and what is out there. But uh, from what we read here, there creates a, a, a separation on what's in that book and what is being written in the Bible here. That people in his village, where he grew up, in his hometown, had never heard of Jesus being wise. They had never seen Jesus practice or do any miracles in the time that he was there. So when he comes and they're seeing things he's doing, they are shocked. They are astonished. They are like, this cannot be. And they ask, is this not the carpenter's son? Hmm? Is not his mother called Mary? Because they have all details about Jesus. They know him. I mean, they've seen him grow. They know the father. They know the mother. And now, they even start mentioning his brothers. His brothers. Hmm? James. Joseph. Simon. Judas. And those his brothers. And even they say, and his sisters. They don't give us the names of the sisters of Jesus. But they say, these sisters are even with us. When and where then did this man get all these things? So they know him well. And here we also have evidence that Jesus had siblings. Yeah, He had brothers. They've been mentioned here. He had sisters. So here clearly there is uh, the, uh, evidence that Mary and Joseph have also children that are being laid out here. And we are told of their children as well. And they are wondering, the person we know, where did they get that? The person we know who has grown up here, how did they get to that level of authority? You know, there are, there are grades that people will take you at. The, that they know, and like, no, it can't be you who is achieving that. And they do not respect the fact that God has the work that he does in your life and elevates you and takes you to another level. And that is what they fail to recognize with Jesus, that he's not the same old young man that they used to see working the carpentry. He's not the same old young man, uh, young man that they used to see that used to go to the well, if he used to, that is. But people will always want to see you in the image that they saw you at in the past. Yet, that's not the case. There is some work that God will do in your life and set you on another level. That is exactly what he did. And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. People who serve God, ministers of God, prophets, 
yeah you know in most cases you'll find that where they come from even in their own households they don't respect them they don't even want to know about you and familiarity breeds contempt this is a uh, an english saying and uh, we say it a lot but it means that when people know someone very well they no longer regard that person as worthy of respect all honor because they are used to them yeah and uh, you will find that when you get so used to somebody you do not take the word you do not take them serious even in just our normal setting here even today when you get so used to the preacher or to the pastor or to the leader you do not listen to them anymore yeah it's like you're used to them whatever they say now they become normal because familiarity breeds contempt and this is the same thing that happened with Jesus and what was the result of that result of not honoring result of not respecting result of taking people uh, for granted there are not many miracles that were done in his hometown because of their unbelief and we've got to be careful that when we get familiar with people of God with the anointing then there are some things we will miss there are some things we will miss and with Jesus because of this familiarity he didn't do many miracles that they did not believe miracles happen for those who believe so clearly if they do not believe in this person who is the messenger right now they cannot get any peace and parcel of that which he carries let's pray father we thank you for your word today we exalt your name we give you glory we give you honor and we thank you for your with us we want to seek and find your kingdom because that is where life is exalt you give you glory and honor in jesus my name Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the world of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website bibleindepth.com.